It's funny. Everybody, everybody I've talked to this week, including the guy about to sit down, everybody I talked to this week, when I ask them how they're doing, they say, tired. I'm, I'm tired. And then, and then Richard comes back, and, and, and we're praying back there, and he tells us how much energy Sarah has. Now, that's not a real name, Sarah. That's a fake name I made up. No, I'm kidding. Sarah, Sarah has so much energy. Sarah, can you show us how much energy you have, Sarah? You want to run up and down the aisle? Wow. That, that's a lot more energy than I had this morning, just being able to stand up. Um, I say that to say this, that, that, that what I'm going to talk about this morning is uh, we need to go to war. How many of you would like a week to sleep before that happens? <laughs> yeah, I think we'd all we're, all. we're all just a little weary. That's why it's good news that uh, we, don't have to, we don't have to work up the strength in and of ourselves. We don't have to look to ourselves for strength. We don't have to look to ourselves for wisdom. We don't have to look to ourselves for energy. All that's provided for us in the Holy Spirit when we just obey the word of God and, 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 and crown Jesus as Lord and, and King and just follow him. Then that energy just doesn't come on us all at once, but each step that we take, we find that we have the energy to, to make progress. We're talking about Joshua, and I don't, I don't know, I'm not sure exactly why I chose Joshua to, 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 to speak about in the beginning of the year or this particular book of the Bible. But, but in, in God's, God's wisdom, he, this is where he has us, and, uh, and it's my privilege to be able to share it with you. We're in chapter 3 of Joshua. We're in chapter 3 of Joshua. And of course, just let me remind you of something, that, that, that the Bible's a story from the beginning to the end. It's a, it's a, it's a, large, it's a, it's a very large story, 66 books worth of, of story. And, 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 and it has, a, and it has a, uh, a beginning, and it has conflict, and it has tension, and it, 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 it carries a plot, it has a climax, and it has a beautiful, beautiful consummation. And along the way, there are different stories that fit into this larger story. And, and Joshua is, is a part of, 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 of the of the bigger story, but he has his own, his own part in the story, and the people of God have their own part of the story, in the story, at this point in the Bible. And Joshua's, Joshua's responsibility as he follows and succeeds Moses, his responsibility is to get the people of God who've been rescued from Pharaoh and from Egypt and from this terrible slavery with which they were oppressed, his, his job is to get them across the Jordan River into the Promised Land and have them established in the Promised Land so that they can obey the Word of God in the Promised Land, the law of God as He's given it in the Promised Land. And, th- and, 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 and because of that, because they're obedient to the Word and they're, and they're shaped and formed by, 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 by God's revelation of Himself, 
they become a light to the rest of the nations and all the rest of the nations are attracted to this to this nation that that whose god is the lord does that make sense so 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 joshua has his part and his his part specifically is is to lead them across the jordan river and to lead them in conquest now what are they conquesting what are they conquering they're conquering hostile people a part of Joshua's job is to is to is to exercise what what I've what I've always understood was to exercise capital punishment. To be to be the sword of of, of capital punishment on Canaanite peoples who were serving who were serving gods who were leading them to do uh, uh, horrible horrible things. And this land belonged to, to, to God and to His people, and He was going to give them this land. And they were going to take it over through conquest. And of course, that's, that, that, that raises all kinds of, of, of questions and issues as you try to explain this to, to, to an unbelieving world, but we're not going to go there today. Because we're looking for some sort of, of, of connection between that, Joshua's reality, what Joshua was responsible for, and the people of God who follow Joshua, and what's happening in our contemporary context, in your lives. And this is what I understand, that we are called as conquerors as well. We are called, now listen please, we are called to war. We are called to conquest. Now that's not in connection with the state or any civil organization or political body. That's as the church of Jesus Christ going out into this world and making gains for Jesus. Seeing Jesus defeat enemies. Now those enemies for us aren't Canaanites. In fact, the enemies for us aren't even visible. Our enemies, invisible. And so the weapons of our warfare are a little bit different. But it's still a battle. And what are we trying to do? We're trying to spread the gospel. And what happens when the gospel takes root? It shapes and forms communities. And we're all part of different communities. I went to a basketball game last night. It was Bakersfield College was playing basketball. And there was this lovely lady on the sideline. We won't mention her name. Or let's just make up another name, Sydney. She's part of a group of cheerleaders. 
And of course, her job is to cheer. Ah, but her mission includes far more than that. And she may not even realize this. With every one of those fellow cheerleaders, she wants to help them understand Jesus Christ is Savior and Lord. And of course, Sid would tell you, Pastor Dave, that's a challenge. Some of those girls are enemies of Christ. Some of those girls have to be conquered by Christ. Pastor Dave, you're talking about warfare. But what I'm also talking about is imagine if a group of cheerleaders all submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Imagine. Imagine the impact that could have on the basketball program. Imagine the impact that could have on the school. Imagine the impact that could possibly have on the community. And what about not just cheerleaders, what about a church? What about us? Quick question. Is everybody in the room submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Or is there some, some, some conquering that needs to take place in the room? You see, we're in a battle. There are huge challenges that we face. Joshua is facing a challenge in Joshua chapter 3. This challenge is getting the people across a flooded river. If you have a Bible, whether it's digital, or whether it's a hard copy, it doesn't matter. If you'd look at, Gen at Joshua chapter 3 with me, that'd be great. Let's pray before we read, though. Heavenly Father, help us to understand your word so that we can apply it. We pray in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Now, the point of all this is the same challenges, the same kind of challenges. The fact, uh, the fact that there are challenges, that's what we're looking at here. Joshua faced a, a unique set of circumstances. We, we're, we're, not, we're not interested in crossing a river. There's not even a river here in Wasco that we can cross. Okay, so we're not interested in crossing a river. But there are challenges that we face as we seek to expand the influence of Christ. As we seek to bring people under the lordship of Jesus Christ. As we seek to, another way of putting it, as we, as we seek to, 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 to 
expand the kingdom of Christ. Another way of putting it, like Paul put it in, in, in Philippians, is ex, ex, creating colonies of Christ. Creating colonies of Christ all across, all across our community. Colonies of Christ. That's a challenge. There are challenges to that sort of thing. Joshua rose early in the morning. And he set out for, from Shittim. And they came to the Jordan, he and all the people of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. The first thing I see as we face challenges that Joshua can teach us is this. It requires determination. It says here that Joshua got up early in the morning. Now that's an idiom in the Hebrew Bible. It's an idiom, and it means that he got up determined that morning to do the will of God. He got up that morning determined to do the will of God. Now, it seems easy, right, if you're just crossing the river with your family and you have a boat. That's one thing. But he's crossing the river with literally hundreds of thousands of people. A flooded river. And he's got to get them from point A to point B. The logistics themselves are a formidable challenge. But he decides, I'm going to do the will of God. I'm going to do the will of God. I am going... It sounds simple, doesn't it? It sounds simple. I'm going to do the will of God. I'm going to face whatever challenge comes up. Whatever challenge I have to face, I'm going to face it. It sounds simple. But this is the starting point. A decision has to be made. I'm going to do this. Even if I can't, even if I can't see how God will accomplish it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to represent him. Joshua rose early in the morning and they set out from Shittim and they came to the Jordan, he and all the people of Israel, and they lodged there before they passed over. Verse 2, at the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, as soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. Yet there shall be a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubits in length. Do not come near it in order that you might know the way that you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. Now, now what's happening is this. Joshua is responsible for crossing the Jordan River. And Joshua is a leader. And Joshua has appointed leaders to, to lead the people of God. He's not the exclusive leader. There are also other leaders. And as the people are camped there, 
ready to cross over the Jordan River, the leaders of the people go into the midst of the people and tell them this. The ark of God is your focal point. The ark of God is your focal point. In other words, God is your focal point. This representation of God. The ark was a, was a golden box carried by poles, carried by the Levites, carried by authorized personnel. It represented the presence of God. In the ark were the tablets of testimony, which is the tablets Moses brought down from the mountain. In the ark was the, was the rod of, of Aaron that budded. In the, in, the, in the box, in the golden box, in the ark of God was, was some manna from the wilderness indicating how God had taken care of His people. This was the presence of God. This was what they understood as the very presence of God. And the leaders went throughout, throughout the nation as the nation was camped there and he said, pay attention to the ark of God. Recognize the presence of God. And that's what, please listen, leaders of God's people do. They remind people that God is our focal point. That we're led by God. That this is all about God. He's not only the focal point, He is the point. That's what leaders do. Grace Community Church has leaders. What do the leaders of Grace Community Church do? I'll tell you what we don't do, or what we shouldn't do, what we shouldn't be about. We're not about a point, uh, we're not about supporting a structure. Unbelievers can build a church. Unbelievers know how to manipulate wood and nails and shingles and cement. Unbelievers can furnish a building. Unbelievers can heat a building. Unbelievers can, can cool a building. Unbelievers can make repairs. God's leaders, the leaders of God's people, point other people to God. Leaders of God's people have a deeply spiritual responsibility. The elders of our church should say, hey, there's God. Let's follow Him. You see, this is not just about, this is, this is not just about crossing a river. This is not just about political realities. This is about forming and fashioning a people of God to be a light in the world. It was true then and it's true now. We are to be a light in this world. 
in this community that has plenty of darkness. But we won't allow the darkness to overwhelm the light because we have leaders who point to God. We have, we have a leader like Joshua who was determined to walk the path of God. And he, of course, is Jesus Christ. And then we have under-shepherds who help us understand the path that Jesus has laid out for us. You see what's happening here? They're going to battle, but it's definitely, definitely holy war. And before they ever, uh, before they ever sit down and develop military strategy, before they ever pick up a weapon, before, before they do any of those things, they make sure that the presence of God is in their midst. Now let me tell you something you can do for the elders and leaders of this church. Pray for them. Pray that we would be spiritually minded. with a very specific and definite spirituality committed to the Lord Jesus Christ and understanding that the presence of God today is the Holy Spirit who fills us all. Because we got to get across the river and we got to set up a community that shines brightly for him. Then Joshua said to the people, now this is, this is I mean, this is, I mean it, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's more than just going out and, 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 and dominating another people and taking their land. It's more than imperialism. It's not, it's not that. Joshua says, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. He's talking to this people that, that, he's, that he's mobilizing for this, for this mission. And here's a, here's a group of people right here that, that I'm trying to mobilize for a mission as well as you know, convincing myself that it's true. Okay, And what Joshua says is, make yourselves holy. Now what does that mean? Well, for them, it, it involves some ritual. For them, it did involve some ritual. It involved uh, some specific washings and, and, and different commitments and, 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 and things like that. Let me tell you what it means for us, okay? Because there's been a progression in this. There's a, there's a little bit different understanding of holiness for us. We are positionally holy. When Jesus died on a cross and shed His blood for us, He set us apart. And that's what holiness is. Holiness is to be set apart. We are set apart. It's a fact. It's an objective fact. We don't decide one day that we're set apart and the next day that we're not. We are set apart. We are saints. I can prove it. No one had more problems, even with sexual immorality, than the Corinthians did. And then the very first verse, or the second, I can't remember, of that 
book of the Bible, that letter to the Corinthians, he calls the Corinthians saints. Saint means holy one. One who is set apart. One who is like God. Joshua was telling the people, be holy as God is holy. Set yourselves apart. Consider yourselves set apart. Consider yourselves different. Consider yourselves disciples, followers, devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And when everybody in the room does it, now listen to me, when everybody in the room does it, then we can have this sense of expectation. God's going to do something really cool. We, we, have to, we, have to, we have to issue, we have to issue the command. Be holy. Everybody be holy. In, in other, in, I would say it like this. In this day and age, at this time in salvation history, I would say it this way. Commit. Devote. Turn to. Seek. Pay attention to the Lord and who you are in Him. And follow Him. And then when we're all doing that, when we're all doing that as individuals, something really cool will happen with this whole corporation, this whole corporate body. I hope that makes sense to you. And Joshua said to the priests, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and they went before the people so the people could see the Ark. Now remember, back in, the, in, the, in, the first, in, in, in those first verses, it talked about a, a specific distance that they had to maintain. That was so that they all could see the Ark as they, as they went out. As they went out and they began to cross the, the river, they all needed to see the ark. The, God had to be the focal point. The Lord said to Joshua, Today, today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that I, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Now, as I'm applying it, I'm not, say, I'm not thinking, Oh, good, that means the pastor will be exalted among the people. No, that's not, no. That's not the, that's not the connecting point. The connecting point is with Jesus. When this happens, then Jesus will be exalted among the people. When the people start, start sanctifying themselves or, or considering themselves sanctified, when the people start considering themselves holy and belonging to the Lord, then Jesus will be exalted among the people. God will exalt Jesus. The Father will exalt the Son. The Spirit will exalt the Son among us. And Jesus will be exalted. And as for you, command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant when you come to the brink of the waters of the Jordan, you shall take your stand. So, so picture this. All these hundreds of thousands of people standing at the brink of the water. And they can't really cross over because the water's at flood stage. I grew up in a river town. 
about this time of the year, the ice started melting. Oh yeah, the river froze solid. And the ice started melting. And by the spring of the year, the water's level rose. And I saw a car once try to cross in a shallow spot. The car stayed there for months. They're at the brink now. Take your stand here. It's almost like God is saying, stand here and watch. And Joshua said to the people of Israel, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, here is how you shall know that the living God is among you. And that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing over before you into the Jordan. Let me stop there and say this. Okay. I'm not saying that 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 after, after we overcome one challenge, that there won't be three more ahead of us. But I am saying this. That if everyone in the room right now, just those of us in the room right now, would say to Jesus, I will do whatever you want me to do. I will go wherever you want me to go. You are my Savior you are my Lord. I am looking to you to guide me. If everyone in the room would do that, we would take over some territory. We would make some significant advances for the kingdom of God. We would spread the influence of the gospel. And we would see people's lives changed. Because everyone in the room has a circle of influence. And when you decide that Jesus is Lord, you start influencing people. They start to see that you're different. And not just crazy different, although some of you are very much that. But I'm talking about different in the core. People who know how to love. Unconditionally. Significant gains for the kingdom can be made. If we'll follow these instructions that were relevant for Joshua in his day, but also can be equally applied today. Now therefore, this, is, this, this one kind of carries over into chapter 4 that we'll talk about next week, but now therefore take 12 men from the tribe, tribes of Israel from each tribe, a man. And when the soles of the feet of the priests bearing the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of the Jordan. 
Now listen to this. The waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing. And the waters coming down from above shall stand up in a heap. So when the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, or that's what they did. And as soon as those bearing the Ark had come as far as the Jordan, and the feet of the priests bearing the Ark were dipped in the brink of the water, and here's a parenthetical statement down the the, the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of harvest. The waters coming down from above, they stood up and they rose up in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is be, beside Zarethan. And those flowing down toward the sea of the Arabah, the salt sea, were completely cut off. And the people passed over opposite Jericho. If you don't think that's much of a miracle, then take a glass of water, put your finger in it and say, okay, water, let's be divided. One half go to one side, one half go to the other. How many of you think you can do that? How many of you think you can go to the faucet, turn it on, tell the water to shut off, without turning the faucet back. Some things only God can do. And there are things that God will do for those who make Him the focal point and seek His glory. And all what wonderful things they are. Now the priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant, verse 17, of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground. Firmly on dry ground. Not mucky ground. Not muck. On dry ground. In the midst of the Jordan. And all Israel was passing over on dry ground until all the nation finished passing over the Jordan. And those seven groups of people that we mentioned before, all those people who worshipped all those strange gods, were in awe of the one true and living God. And really, that's part of our job, isn't it? To go out and show people how awesome God is. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you've given us a mission. And we know there are challenges. But you've also helped us know how to address those challenges, how to, how to overcome. 
in a, in a world that's, that's really full of opposition. So help us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.